0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Wednesday, September 22nd, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Hello all, welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Brett Goodeman.
1: And I'm Tara Bolcher.
0: We come to you three times a week and bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Before we begin talking about a passage from the Gospel of John, let us start with a prayer.
1: Let us pray. Lord, grant us a simple, kind, open, believing, loving, and generous heart worthy of being your dwelling place. Amen.
0: Amen. Our passage comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 19 through 36. Listen for a word from God. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with his two disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God.
1: God. So, Brett, we have this phrase, Lamb of God, mentioned several times. What does that mean? Is there imagery about lambs in other part of the bo- in other parts of the Bible that maybe have a impact on this?
0: Yeah, so lambs were uh, traditionally, I think I looked it up and out of the 85 of the 90 usas- 98 usages in the Old Testament, lamb refers to sacrifice in some way. Um, so to, to, to say the Lamb of God, every listener of the time is going to associate that with sacrifice. You have a couple other instances where the wolf will lie down with the lamb. as a passage in Isaiah. Uh, But predominantly when they hear the lamb of God, they're referring, thinking it in terms of sacrifice. Even our passage uh, on Monday, and that we'll read again on Friday, um, Isaac says, where's the lamb for the sacrifice? Mm -hmm. Um, So the people are thinking, the sacrifice of God. So the fact that Jesus is the sacrifice of God in that context, I think it's referring to the sacrificial uh, system uh, and how the Jewish people saw their sins being redeemed, that Jesus was taking on this redemptive aspect. And then to zoom out even further as, as we read the rest of the new Testament, that the lamb of God is the, is not just, you know, part of a sacrificial system, but that Jesus Christ is the great redeemer of all, uh, the redeemer of our sin, the redeemer of the earth, the redeemer of everything that falls short of the glory of God, uh, and that God is one who sacrifices God's self, that God sacrifices God's, you know, heavenship to incarnate in the form of Jesus, to come to this measly little planet uh, called earth and be with humans, that that is sacrificial. Um, that that God is that God is so far uh, beyond uh, the sacrifice of just you know this tiny people group that had this sacrificial system. But God is the sacrifice for the whole world. What do you think of when you hear the Lamb of God?
1: Well, I first I'll say, you know, John the Baptist, I think is probably my favorite um, character in the New Testament. And so I love, he and what I love about him is that he's constantly pointing away from himself and pointing towards mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, John, I love the idea that John is very clear that he can baptize, but it is only Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God who's going to take the sin away, who's going to actually do a true baptism in terms of spirit. So, I always kind of, um, I read this and I remind myself that that's my job too, right? Mm-hmm. My job is always to point to the work that Christ is doing in the world and know that it's really about Jesus. The second thing is we've been doing this sermon series on provision, right? And so if in the Abraham and Isaac story, the provision is this lamb to be sacrificed, it helps us to remember that you know, God's ultimate act of provision is God's very self in the person of Jesus Christ. Hmm. That when, you know, we couldn't earn it ourselves, we couldn't get it right. Those of us who even followed the rules like good Pharisees and Sadducees, we were missing the point. And into that broken and chaotic world that will eventually crucify him comes this lamb who is Jesus Christ, and it is God's ultimate act of provision born out into the world. And so, um, you know, provision is a funny thing because I often want it when I want it, and I want it to be what I want it to be. Like, I want it to look like a certain thing. Like, Mm -hmm. when I find myself needing something, it has to be this certain way. But if I can step back and think of Jesus Christ as God's ultimate provision, who has shown us all that we need to know, who has redeemed us all that we need to be redeemed. There's not a whole lot else to ask for, maybe. I don't know. I, I haven't, I'm kind of just thinking that through now. But, um, but I do think that, yes, this is God's ultimate active provision for the world. And um, it's also a beautiful kind of... Um, story in that John the Baptist gets to be a part of the story. Yeah, He gets to like point his finger and say, there he is. And I think that is the best I can hope for as a human being is to point my finger in the world and get to say, there he is.
0: Mm-hmm. John gets to do that because there are crowds of people. There are people in powerful places that are saying, you know, who is, who is the Messiah? Right. Uh, that That there is... A longing in that culture and a longing in every culture before and since to say, you know, uh, why are we here? Who, what are we to worship? Um, yes. And, and, G- and John is the one pointing us back to the only one worthy of worship. Amen. And with that, let us close with a quote from Rachel Held Evans in her book, Searching for Sunday, Loving, Leaving and Finding the Church. She says, in the ritual of baptism, our ancestors acted out the bizarre truth of the Christian identity. We are people who stand totally exposed before evil and death and declare them powerless against love. There's nothing normal about that.
1: Mm, Amen. Friends, please join us again on Friday. We'll look again at the Abraham and Isaac story and talk about what it means when God has a calling upon our lives. Now may you go out to love and to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is upon you.
0: Amen. Amen.